It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Well, welcome back to Beyond the Building. We have had a tremendous uh, start to the summer here, Debbie, as we talked to moms at the end of the spring, we talked to dads uh, as we started out the summer in June. I know I still go back to those conversations and really have uh, learned so much from both of them. But we are in the month of July now, and we are in a brand new series, and we are calling it Faith Builders. Now, we have uh, four special guests with us this month, and we know their stories already before they even share. Uh, These are people, individuals that God has really put something on their heart to do for the kingdom. They're passionate about the calling that God has put on their lives. And as they share their stories of faith this month, um, I know that we are all going to be encouraged by those stories, and it is going to be an opportunity for us to really step into our faith story in a deeper and a greater way. So today we have got a tremendous uh, story here for you, Deb. I'm going to ask you to introduce our guest for today. Absolutely. So Joe Palello, you are sitting in my house down in Ocean City, New Jersey right now. Correct. Uh, Joe is an evangelist and he has an evangelism team that is are actually downstairs. Uh, we told them to be very quiet and <laughs> they, they just love to share about Jesus. They go up to the boardwalk, um, any place where uh, they have access to people who are hungry to hear about Jesus. So you guys are here with me to uh, this week, which has been a lot of fun. But Joe, you and I just literally met on Monday, but you are a longtime friend uh, of my family. I know that my sister and my brother-in-law let you share your connection with them. But my sister called you Joe the legend. Mm. That's why she said, Joe is a legend. And mm. my dad gave you one of the highest compliments I've ever wow. heard my dad. I don't know if you know this, but my dad, Kirk Khan, who is very used to being on podcast. This is your first podcast. Um, dad said, Debbie, of all the people that I have encountered who share their faith, who are evangelists, Joe is the most fruitful and most effective. Wow. So there's two guys he put up in that category and you, we were in that category. So I just want you to know. I'm impressed. Uh, like, <laughs> I'm impressed. I was impressed. I never met you. So yeah, that, that's what he said about you. So why don't you give a little background? How are you connected to our family? Um, maybe tell a bit about where you live and, mm-hmm. and who's in your family. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you ladies for having me it, really, and for Letting us stay at your beautiful place, Debbie, it is just amazing, just amazing. And so we really appreciate that. So I am married to my wife, Stacy, for 30 years. We live in Ewing, New Jersey. Um, we have two sons. My son, Gabe, is 26. He lives in Miami, and he is a uh, financial loaner. So he's in the loan business. And my younger son, Eli, is a producer a mm-hmm. studio owner and he uh he mixes music mm-hmm. so he's uh into that and my wife and I own an ice cream store which she runs okay um and uh it's called Cream King it's in uh Pennington New Jersey and so I, I have three entrepreneurs in the family wow that's awesome <laughs> I love them. that so, <laughs> They do all the work and I reap all the benefits. So Especially just, the ice cream, Joe. Uh, <laughs> Laura will travel for ice cream. I do. 
I need to get to New Jersey next time. I'm going to stop by. All right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing uh, about your family and what's going on in your story. Um, As we uh, try to do when we have a guest on, we love to hear faith journeys too. So can you tell us about your, you know, when, when did you come to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, right? That's the piece that ties it all together. And how did your uh, salvation story come together? Okay. And you want me to get back to uh, how I know your family? Yeah, I think we'll, and we'll skip ahead and right. we'll let you answer okay. that question. Yep. So I don't know if you want the long version or the short version, but <laughs> it's a pretty amazing story. And not because it's me, it's because it's about Jesus. So when I was in high school, I went to 12 years of Catholic school. And when I was in ninth grade, I distinctly remember making a decision hmm. that this was not for me. It was kind of all about religion. It was boring. It was not relevant for my life. And so I tucked it off. I went my own way. I managed to make it through high school somehow. Um, Got involved with the wrong guys. Um, Partying every weekend. When I, when I graduated from high school, I graduated from alcohol into drugs. Uh, I was a drug user. Then I was a drug dealer. Um, till I was about 22 years old. I was very rich. I had uh, a lot of people coming over to my apartment to party. And I was also very empty on the inside. And I had a couple of friends who had uh, died from overdoses. And that really kind of scared me. And then I had a friend who was partying in New York and he took LSD, thought he was a bird, jumped out the window and he ended up killing himself. So that really scared me, but not enough to stop doing drugs yet because I'm pretty stupid. So one one night I was at a party and I was leaning up against a, a bookshelf and I had been drinking and I had been drugging and I was all over the place in my mind. And I thought I am going to OD. I have to get my mind on something. So I was leaning up against a bookshelf. I literally just leaned back, wasn't watching. I just grabbed a book because I needed to read something. And it was a Bible. And I started reading the Bible. And 15 minutes later, I was straight as an arrow. Mm. And so I thought, I have to go out and buy one of these things. Because back then, um, Catholics weren't really taught to read the Bible. You know, it wasn't encouraged. So I had never read the Bible. So I went out and I bought one. And as I read it, over the next six months, I began to realize that this is really what I had been looking for. I I threw away, I flushed drugs down the toilet. I moved back to my home. But I couldn't figure out what Jesus meant when he said, come and follow me. Because I had no idea what a personal relationship with Jesus was like. So I was kind of working on that verse and then that week, there was a Billy Graham crusade on TV, and I, I didn't see the crusade, but I saw the tail end of it, and there was a theme. It said, come, follow me to Dallas, and I thought, that's the verse I can't figure out, so I better wow. go to Dallas. Wow. So I didn't have a car, so I hitchhiked it to Dallas from, oh from Philadelphia. Oh, it my. Took me, took me three days. Oh my amazing to, pretty I, good. it is pretty, pretty good. good and so good. here's a here's really an interesting part god's protection so we're coming into dallas 
And, you know, I grew up in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, there's one way in and one way out. But in Dallas, it's a little more complicated. And so there's all these ramps and we're going up and down. And the guy says, well, where do you want me to let you off? I didn't know where I was going. I didn't. You were just coming. I was just going to Dallas. You know, (laughs) once I get there, I'll figure out where this place is. (laughs) So. I say, well, next time you can just pull over, just pull over and let me out. And so he finds a spot. He pulls over. Now, what I'm going to, it's called Explo 72. It was a campus crusade event for college students and high school students. I had no idea what it was. I just thought, come follow me to Dallas. So I don't know where I'm going. I'm not looking. I pick my bags up. I shut the door. I turn around. I look down. There's this hill, a building, and about 20,000 kids on the ground. That was the place. Wow. So I walk into this crowd, and the very first kid that God leads me to is a kid who grew up in the town next to me. Wow. He was involved in young life. Wow. Wide back. Well, he was was off to Michigan. (laughs) I I hitchhiked it back. Wow. Wow. And so he gave me the phone number of his young life leader. And, you know, I sp- spent the week there, um, learned what it meant to be a follower of Jesus, mm. have a personal relationship with Jesus, heard from guys I had never heard of. Okay. Billy Graham, never heard of him. Mm. Oh, bright mm-hmm. brother, Andrew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Big guns. Uh, all, all stars, but I didn't know who they were. Wow. <laughs> that is amazing. When I listen to that story, I think of the amazing way God is the God of details. Amen. Right. There was no accident that you grabbed the Bible. There was no accident. You know that God set up those thrives to get you to Dallas. There's no accident in Dallas. You end up at the crusade with for the right age. Right. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is <laughs> right. just like God saying, there's a call in your life, Joe, and I'm going to make sure that you get there. Mm-hmm. That's, that's That's mind blowing. God is amazing. Yeah. Now you wow. mentioned Young Life, but I know that I have heard your name associated with Young Life mm-hmm. for really my whole married life. Mm-hmm. You, my brother-in-law, Bob Brittingham and, and his wife, Pam, rave about you and Stacy. So what's your, what's your background with my kids? Okay. So, so with Bob, I met Bob when he was a junior at U of, U of D. University of Delaware. So I moved to Delaware to start Young Life. They never had Young Life in the state of Delaware. And Hmm. so I had met Bob, I met Jeff, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I met a bunch of, and I was trying to get Bob involved in Young Life. But at that point, he was the president of InterVarsity, which was pretty impressive because Mm -hmm. he was a junior. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and that was a pretty big group, I think, at Mm -hmm. that time. It was. Mm -hmm. That was, that was, we were there. Yes. That's right. That's right. And so, uh, and then after Bob graduated, um, he moved to, I guess it was Hamilton, New York. Hamilton, New York started Young he, Life. He and Pam got married. And, and by the way, Bob, I married up, but you, bud, you, you married way up. <laughs> you had to take the elevator to get up. Right. Um, I'm surprised Kurt let you into the family, but. So uh, Bob went on staff in Hamilton, and then I had moved to uh, Albany, New York, and I was training all the Mm -hmm. interns, and Bob was an intern, and so he would drive every Friday or every other Friday 
over to Albany and we would have a training meeting all morning and then we would go out for lunch. And I'll tell you that skinny little guy, he could eat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and then, um, one of the things that I was doing in Young Life is I was like a church planner, but I was planning new Young Life areas. And so Portland, Maine, I'd been working with people in Portland, Maine. And so I I heard God say to me, ask Bob to go there. And so I asked Bob and Pam if they would pray about going to Portland. And um, they, they, they said yes to that. And, and I'll tell you, they were incredible. I mean, Portland, Maine is not an easy place to A, live, and then the B, to do ministry Ministry, yeah um and they they did a great job it was very difficult they hung in there kids met christ um when bob left he turned it over uh to uh, a new area director and the area is doing is doing great and so bob and pam are real heroes i mean they they did an amazing job and it was a lot of heartache but they were faithful and that's all god wants is, is for you to be faithful and they, they so appreciate your support and your friendship for decades mm-hmm. through that. I know, I know from mm-hmm. what they share, you know, we throw around the words young life, like, because we know what it is, but some people mm-hmm. may not know what young life is. Mm-hmm. So on a high level, can you share mm-hmm. what is young life and, and what is the mission statement okay. you know, for young life? So, so the mission statement is to introduce adolescents to Jesus Christ and help them grow in their faith. And so the and so our main target, um, not our only target, is non-Christian high school kids, but also non-Christian middle school kids, also teen moms. It's mm-hmm. called young lives. Also special mm-hmm. needs kids called mm-hmm. Capernaum, and even now they have Young Life College. And so, but the the mission is the same. We want to reach non-Christian kids with the gospel, and we do it primarily by building relationships with kids, and we call that contact work. And so that is the meat and potatoes of Young Life. Young Mm -hmm. Life leaders, volunteers, and staff, they, they go to the school when they can. They build relationships with kids. Um, they have two meetings. Um, sometimes they're weekly, sometimes they're bi-weekly. They have a Young Life Club, which is for non-believers. It usually meets in homes or in community centers, and um, kids invite other kids to come. It's a fun meeting. It's 55 minutes long. There's singing, there's skits, and there's a message about Jesus. Hmm. And then there's campaigners, and that is more of a Bible study. And it's for kids who are following Christ or kids who are seekers. And they come every week and they learn the scriptures. They learn to encourage one another. They pray. Another big part of Young Life is camping. Young Life owns now like some 25 camps around the country. And they have both weekend camps and week-long camps. And the camps are phenomenal. I mean, they are Mm -hmm. club med for high school and middle school kids and they they have they have camp for middle school for uh, Calpurnian kids so special needs kids go to camp for five days awesome and it is just incredible to watch how those kids are loved Mm -hmm. and the same with teen moms they bring their babies Mm. and they have babysitters and teen moms can actually be a teenager for five days and enjoy Mm. camp but again, the the whole idea is to present the gospel. Every night they have a club, 
they present the gospel. Um, their leaders are there, which is really important because they go with their young life leaders and then they come home with their young life leaders. And so there's that follow up mm. that goes on. And so they can so they can make disciples. So it's introducing them and helping them grow in their faith. Cool. And that's pretty much the and Young Life is also international. It's in like about 125 different countries, including countries like the Ukraine. Mm hmm. It's growing. Russia, it's, it's growing. Yeah. It's, in, yeah. it's in Israel. It's in what it's they amazing. call Palestine. It's in it's in Vietnam. I mean, it's in Morocco. It's in incredible places. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I, I, I think it's interesting as the three of us are sitting here because we all have a Delaware University of Delaware connection here. Right. And we all do have a, a young life connection. I learned about young life for the first time when I got to University of Delaware because I went to a Christian school. But it sounds to me like even what I learned about um, back in what what year was it? 1996, 1986 uh, really has grown into something just tremendous that meets the needs of the current, like what society is going through currently. And mm -hmm. so I appreciate that so much. Um, now I know Joe, you're not with young life right now. So would love to hear, um, obviously you're, you're passionate about it still, but what is your passion now and mm -hmm. how is God uh, calling you to live that out? Like, what are you focusing on these days now mm -hmm. that you're in a different uh, place? Mm -hmm. Well, I think my my passion is actually the same, okay? Mm -hmm. My passion is to introduce people to Jesus Christ. I just think the venue has changed. Mm -hmm. Amen. And so uh what I what I've learned over the over the years is that um I think young people uh are extremely open um and extremely ignorant of Jesus Christ. And what I have found is um, that I really believe that evangelism is not a gift as much as it is a skill that you learn. Now, I know that there's the gift of the evangelist. And that's like, if you read Ephesians 4, you see apostles, uh, prophets, evangelists, pastor, teachers to, uh, to equip the church for works of service. And so what I've learned is I have developed my skill in evangelism by the grace of God. And so, and because I had my young life background, I already knew to, first of all, to know how to love kids and kind of just accept them right where they are. Cause on the boardwalk, we almost, we talk almost exclusively to high school and middle school kids mm -hmm. and they just flock over to us. Hmm. Um, but, but what I've learned is that they really do want to know. It doesn't mean that they're going to accept Jesus Christ. Um, we, we do a lot of seed planting, but they really do. They want to know. Mm. And, and I, I feel like I would rather do this one-on-one, one-on-two, -on -one, one -on and have a conversation uh, with kids or with adults. I mean, I, I go all over. I go, if I go to a restaurant, you know, um, I'll see if I can pray for the for the server, ask them if, you know, just ask questions and see if the door is open. Mm -hmm. And and so, and I, I believe it's important, number one, because as harsh as this may sound, people are on their way to hell. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't want anyone to go to hell, neither mm -hmm. does God. Mm -hmm. and, and the second thing is, at least for me, theologically, I believe in a rapture. 
-hmm. And I believe that it's coming very, very soon. And I don't know how much time we have left. And so mm -hmm. I and our team here, we are passionate about sharing the gospel with as many people as we can and leave the results with God. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now, you you go up to the boardwalk, you go into malls, you go into college campuses. I'm listening to the stories of the folks here mm -hmm. with you. And um, I'm really impressed with the grace for how you handle when there's rejection, right? Because not everybody wants to ask, answer your questions or they're, um, they mock, right? Or they can be pretty, pretty rough. And, and I think the folks who have been sharing stories with me are tampering it down a bit, you know, just to not make it sound as bad as it maybe has been. Your faith, you're, you're doing what you're passionate about, but I'm going to ask you, how have you learned to manage uh, rejection mm -hmm. by those that you are trying to reach? Because I think there's probably a lot of listeners who are going, I've tried to share the gospel with my kids or my grandkids and, mm -hmm. and they're putting walls up and but there are times that it breaks through, but it's got to be discouraging when things mm -hmm. and when it seems to be falling flat. Mm -hmm. So how how do you navigate that with your faith when you're encountering rejection or ignoring or mm -hmm. just disregarding the seed that you're planting? Because you are still planting seeds. So you have to believe that something's happening. Correct. Well, I think, uh, ladies, I think the first thing is, is that I have learned that I have no power over results mm. none whatsoever i i can't make someone believe I, I i just wish i could but mm -hmm. but i i can't and so i know that uh that god alone god alone can convict and open someone's heart and i cannot yeah i i also believe that that my responsibility uh, is to be faithful in attempting to share the faith. You know, I've read a lot of books on evangelism. One is called Sharing Jesus Without Fear. And the author said, every attempt to share Jesus is a success. Every mm. attempt. Mm. You may not even get the first base. Mm. Um, but the fact that you are attempting is is success and yeah there's there is a lot of rejection and sometimes there's mocking but you know the the thing that encourages me is that uh i uh i get the monthly magazine from voice of the martyrs mm. i don't know if you know about that mm -hmm. when i read their stories mm -hmm. what i go through is nothing yes mm -hmm. that's right they are they are the heroes that's right that's and right. So they're they're a great encouragement to me uh, in terms of rejection. And you know, the biggest heart heartache right now in my own life and my wife's life is both of our boys aren't following Jesus. And mm -hmm. so and so it is, you know, like when we're with them and, and they're both home right now, you know, it's it's you know, we just try to love them, you know, and we're we're waiting for God to open their hearts. That's right. And we don't know when that's going to be, but we're believing that it's going to happen. That's mm -hmm. right. 
That's right. Amen. Amen. And in God's timing, I love what you shared that you do what what God's called you to do. And he's the one that is the the one who has timed the results. I mean, he's the one that has timed the moment when they're going to fall on the bookshelf and the Bible is going to hit them. (laughs) It's going to be that you're going to reach back and there's going to be God's word for that moment. So amen. I, I appreciate that so much. And and uh, yeah, I think that there's a lot of um, a lot of people listening today who have uh, kids, grandkids who are not following Jesus and yet are holding on to those promises, you know, right. so um, I'm right there with you. And we are we are believing that God is not done with their stories. Mm-hmm. And it's that it's that love that we show to them. Mm-hmm. And I think also just what you shared, too, so many people don't reach out because they are afraid of rejection or what someone will say. So we're talking about faith boosters. I think that just what you shared right now um, was just sharing is the win, right? It's the win because um, that's going to build our faith because we're going to say, you are absolutely right. I'm just going to speak what God's put on my heart. Um, And then I think that there's the moments where you do have uh, rejection when you go to share about the Lord with somebody, but I also know, and aren't we grateful for those times, right? Where there's this amazing testimony, like you share it and it's like, God, look what you just did. Like one of those moments. So as, as many of the, um, perhaps, uh, other type of moments we just talked about, I'm sure there's been super encouraging moments for you in your Mm -hmm. own faith. Uh, can you share with us like one example of a moment you're sharing and you're just like, Oh God, look what you did. Right. So first of all, I want to let everybody know that I am an introvert. So I'm not, you know, it's, it's a teenager. <laughs> it's, it's hard for me. Yeah. Leave that comfort zone. Um, but the, the story, I, I've thought about this, but I think the story I want to share that may be most encouraging is uh, the day I led my brother Larry to Christ. Mm. So it's just one of these things where I had, and like most people, if they have unbelievers in their family, you, you just pray for them. And I think I prayed for him like for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're not, we're not a, a very close family. And uh, I was over his house one day and his, his wife is a Christian. Um, and so I just started asking him questions and, and, uh, I, I, and I sensed that he was really open. And, and I said, I said, Larry, well, what, what's caused you to be so open? So he was in, he was in Vietnam and he was, uh, um, military police, which is not a great, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially in Vietnam. And he just, I think he just realized how much God protected him. Mm. And I think that really dawned on him. And I, I think that that is what God used to make him ready to receive Christ. And so we prayed and he received Christ that wow. day. Wow. But that was 25 years. Wow. Yeah. Praying for him. Yeah. Um, and so what seemed like a long time to me was like breath to God. Yes. And, and mm-hmm. so, and so like, you just can't give up. Don't give up. Amen. You know, look what God did to Paul. That's right. <laughs> and my oldest son, he's like Paul. God's going to have to knock him off his horse. <laughs> but I believe he, he, can he do will. It. He will. That's right. That's right. And I, I just know that if you if you have people in your family who aren't believers, just, just keep praying for them, knowing that God wants them in the kingdom. That's and right. 
you will work out the details somehow, some way, even if it's after the rapture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, just yep. don't stop believing that God is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine. Mm -hmm. Amen. There you go. That's it. And to love that verse. That's kind of a theme verse for our podcast. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I love that so much. Um, so just one uh, quick thought before we wrap up here. Um, Joe, we like to give our listeners um, the final word. And so we have just enjoyed so much um, what you shared and, you know, all of the years that you have spent pouring into the next generation. Um, what, what would be your uh, one final thought for our listeners? Uh, what would you like to share as that final word today? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that, you know, based on my passion, I, I would hope that what you heard today is going to encourage you to learn how to share your faith. Okay, there's lots of videos, training material. Um, you just have to learn and then have the ask God, have the courage and and begin to share your faith and know that every time you do, it's a success. And, you know, Paul talks about uh, the blessings of the gospel. So there's blessings when you mm. share the gospel. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I don't know what they are necessarily, but boy, they're, they're, it's, I don't, I think it's just such a rush when you have a chance mm -hmm. to share the gospel with somebody, Amen. even if they don't respond, you Amen. know, they, they heard it. So thank you, ladies. Wow. No, Joe, I think the takeaway from me, from what you've shared, is that reminder that um, our job is to just obediently open our mouth and share our faith and be intentional, right? Go looking, praying for opportunities. Mm -hmm. But but we, the faith piece is that God is able to, and he will do something with what we share, mm -hmm. that that's on him. That's his part. Our job Amen. is to be obedient. And I, I think- a lot of people put pressure on themselves. Like if I share my faith, I have to get that person yeah. saved. And that's not ever the enemy would tell you to do that. Right. Right. right? Yeah. So you start striving and, the, but God's like, I can handle that. And yeah. I, it comes back to your testimony. God was able to handle you. That's, right. Yes. Right. Yes. So yes. Whatever prodigals we have in our lives of, of people we're praying for, he knows exactly how to reach them. Mm -hmm. what it's going to take and i think that takes a lot of pressure off yeah i amen. think you did great on your amen. Oh, podcast <laughs> maybe it was awesome quit. you know it can't get any better than this but... <laughs> that's awesome for joining us today Thanks on beyond the building me. and um folks we have an exciting um month in our faith builders uh theme with three more special guests coming super excited to share those moments with you next week we have an amazing 18-year-old mm -hmm. named Micah Elliott, who's going to be sharing um, a phenomenal journey with faith. Kind of interesting that we start off with a young life guy, and mm -hmm. then we end up, our, our next step is an 18-year-old. Mm -hmm. right? Yes. The value of, of hearing the gospel mm -hmm. and then responding to it and having that next generation be on fire for Jesus. So we hope you'll uh, be encouraged from today, share this with your friends, especially those that have teenagers, uh, middle schoolers, um, maybe who've not heard of Young Life. Um, it's very likely somewhere close to you. Uh, so it, let your fingers do the walking, right? And, mm -hmm. and people <laughs> find out what's around you because you don't even have to have kids to be an impact 
maker within Young Life. Uh, you can open up your home. You can pray. You can um, support financially in all many ways. Um, I'm my personal story. I'm so grateful for Young Life. My son, my oldest son, and his wife they were dating at the time came to Christ um, at 18 in college Young Life hmm. because they had been open to. They went to some Young Life in high school purely because it was fun, and the reason they were open to going was because my brother-in-law they said was very cool. And yeah. anybody cool, cool like him, mm -hmm. they would give Young Life a try. Mm. So that child, who is now a worship pastor, mm. came to Christ through Young Life College. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm so, Amen. so grateful for that ministry. And you have a piece of that, Joe, because you helped mold Bob Brittingham, who is considered the cool uncle, right? He like, is cool. A cool uncle. And um, <laughs> you're part of that. My son is part of your ministry. You know, the seed that was planted. Amen. So Amen. I love it Everybody, so much. Thanks for joining us today. Share this, download it. We look forward to having you join us uh, one week from today. God bless you all. God bless you. See you later. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.